0: Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports-related, please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to the new episode of Outside the Sheds. I am your host, Reshet Adamas. I am Corey Jackson. I guess you can. I guess I can put away the Shed Adamas for a little bit. I'm just your host, Corey Jackson. We're not picking anything, and that is the problem. That's probably why some of us are kind of just in a ho-hum kind of manner right now. It's because we're trying to find that that thing that gives us energy, that thing that gives us excitement. And I don't know about you, Mrs. Shed Adamas. She can cook pretty well. I I cook okay, I guess. Um, but I've never been a person that food is the thing that makes me excited about life. It's It's footy, it's competition. That's the thing that probably gets my arc going. And, and yes, at the beginning of the NHL season, you know we had our talk last last episode about my love for, for the devils in and, 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 and the NHL. But uh, it's just different when you're down in the in the down season and I think the energy gets ramped up when all the guys go back to preseason camps and I know November 1st next next week's episode could be a little bit crazy because you're gonna have a lot of player movement and signings for the uh, uh, the offseason period that that kicks in on the first so we'll have some excitement coming up here and, and there's some things we'll be talking about today's episode that, that are pretty exciting uh, and things that we really didn't see but let's get going with this episode of outside the sheds and hit the 4020 now we talked that there hasn't been a lot of footy going on, but that doesn't mean that there hasn't been a little bit of test footy going on. And we had two test matches last weekend. We had England versus France, and we had Scotland versus Jamaica. And I've got to tell you, Shedheads, uh, I have, I've I've let, I've let the country, the world down, because I did not know too much about the Jamaican Rugby League team. Uh, but the Reggae Warriors... Uh, I I gotta tell you something these guys showed us something this weekend but we'll talk about that match second let's start with that England and France fight now there was a lot of players out for both clubs for this test match and so much so the Man of Steel uh, Sammy Tompkins was not playing which means that there had to be a new captain for England and that captain was given to ex-Canberra Raider John Bateman now I don't know if anybody inside the locker room understood a thing Bateman said, but one thing you know about Bateman is the passion that he plays with and the passion that he lives his day-to-day life with, and I think that was really shown because well Johnny Bateman had two tries in their in their match, but just listening to him talk about the pride he had captaining, captaining the English club uh, was something really really special to see and. And I don't know, I, I, I've watched Bateman uh, quite a few times being interviewed, and, and he's been on a few shows uh, down under when he was with the Raiders. And he seems like he's got a good sense of humor, but the seriousness that he portrayed and that he carried with that honor that had been bestowed on him um, was something really special to see and something really cool to see. And I'm really curious the type of player John Bateman's going to be going forward after feeling that honor that had been given to him. But that being said... England 30, France 10. France was playing without some of their big players too, um, and and I've got to admit it. It was 20 to nothing at half for England. So France feels pretty pretty darn good that they made the second half a 10-10 game, uh, and 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 with the players that were missing, they really feel good about their chances coming up in the World Cup. So. I'm kind of curious how France is playing. And, you know, with with two clubs now, with Toulouse now making it to the Super League next year to play alongside of Catlins, I think France is definitely trending in the upward direction. And we're going to talk about that even further down here in the 4020, because France is, again, making some inroads about some player movements, uh, which you guys all probably know about, but we're going to touch on here. But uh, a, really, a really good game, I guess, uh, you know, England's coach uh, Sean Wayne said that he, by every means, knows that that England is going to have to lift their level if they're really going to try to compete against the New Zealands and the Australians of the, and the Australia sides of the world, and it's been that way for quite a while. Quite a while, um, but it's 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 going to be really kind of interesting to see how some of these clubs play. Um, and I really don't know what to really expect. I really have to admit that. I really don't know because there's a lot of players, even on England and on, in New Zealand, that will not be with the club because they've moved on and retired. Um, but with that being said, don't forget we had another match, Jamaica and Scotland. And this one ended in a 30-30 tie. And the, the, the really nuts thing about this thing, it was that Scotland got up to a 20-point lead over Jamaica, and the Reggae Warriors fought back in the second half to obtain the draw in the match, and to have that type of strike, okay, we don't really see Scotland as a world power, but I'm also going to say Scotland's a lot tougher than a lot of clubs that play r- rugby rugby league, and you know, I know Lachlan Coote was playing uh, fullback for them for a little while, but what what's brewing down there for, for in Reggae land? What's brewing down there in Jamaica? Because that is a big, big fight back for a club that does not have a lot of international experience and notoriety. But to play that type of a match, you have to say that they, and I know I'm going to say this, I might make some people mad, but you have to say they've got to be farther along than the American team, the USA team, who we don't even want to talk about their performance in the last Rugby League World Cup. But... You know, J- Jamaica is, you know, come on. They've, got, they've had the fastest man in the world numerous amounts of times. They've got incredible athletes down there. It could be very, very interesting to see if Jamaica takes over this part of the world in rugby league. And they really don't have a lot of competition either. You know, I guess Canada might push them a little bit. And um, Cook Islands has been playing some, some, some good matches. But um, interesting. Very, very interesting. Interesting. And something definitely to keep an eye on, because we've got a year now. It's with the Rugby League World Cup pushed back one year. England's going to take on Samoa first match. I'm excited to see where Samoa's at. A lot of people feel that Samoa has the chance to be a world power, um, but they've got to put things together. And uh, You know, we already know how to- how strong Tonga can be. But again, a lot of these smaller countries, it's really a problem to make sure they have the right type of leadership in place, right type of coaching, and they bring the right type of players together. And I think that's what we've got to watch, and that's what's going to really, I think, going to be the make or break for a lot of these smaller countries uh, in this upcoming Rugby League World Cup. Now, I told you we were going to talk a little bit more about France. And the reason we're talking a little bit more about France is because Newcastle Knights captain, or I should say ex-captain, Mitchell Pearce, who lost his captaincy to start the season this year with some off-field indiscretions. Mitchell Pierce has asked for an immediate release from his contract. Now, he's got one year remaining left on his Newcastle Knights contract, but he has asked for an immediate release so he can go join the Catlins Dragons. Now, Catlins has an opening because his good friend, James Maloney, has left Super League, and he's going to be playing a, a smaller park and Rex uh, league over in France. Not bringing his family back to England, Australia excuse me, at, at this time. But there's been a very, very, very much a uh, discussion between the two men about what France could probably add to Mitchell Pierce's life. I think one thing that we have to keep in mind is that Mitchell Pierce is from footy royalty. I'm saying his father was a big league player. Uh, And I and and it's really kind of interesting to see the pressures of some of these these players when they follow in the footsteps of their fathers. And I've always kind of got that sensation that Mitchell Pierce always felt like the the public eye, that the the, the microscope was always on top of him. And I always thought that he kind of got held a little stronger uh, for accountability when he did things that were things he probably shouldn't have done or even been proud of. But I think one of the appealing things for Mitchell Pierce is to be able to play footy and not have the microscope on him and just be able to have a good time, get around the boys, knowing that when he walks out of the paddock, walks away from the locker room, walks away from the stadium, that people are probably going to leave him alone a little bit. And people aren't going to be watching every little thing that he does. And I think that's very appealing for a guy that's been in his position for so very long. To be able to play the last few years of his career, I think Mitch Pierce is 32, and this is a three-year deal that Catlins has tabled on the table for him, and I think that he really would love to kind of go out on his own terms, and, and and let's be honest, he's not going to a, a, a scrub team either. You know, Catlins was right in that fight against St. Helens in the grand final, and just couldn't get over the top. And Mitchell Pierce is definitely a bigger, stronger athlete than James Maloney. He may not have that, that that Maloney-isms and the things that make Maloney a winner, but Mitchell Pierce is still in really good shape, and I think if you put him in halves with drink water, I think you've got a very, very, very dangerous spine still in the halves. And... You know, as long as Tompkins comes back, or or their their new young gun that they have uh, at Catlin's that got in there, uh, Morg, uh, who knows what they could do this coming season. Um, but that's rare, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Now, one of the things that's holding this up is that Newcastle is said to want another half to take the place of Mitchell Pierce. Now, there's been some rumblings and some rumors that they might be interested in. Yes, I'm going to say it. Luke Brooks, the disgruntled halfback for the West Tigers. The guy, the Tigers, instantly came out and said he is a West Tigers junior. He's not going anywhere. I don't believe that for a second. I think right now he's on an $850,000 contract, either $800,000 or $850,000 contract, and I think the Tigers would love to get that off their books. There's also talk that the Bulldogs... Canterbury is also looking at Luke Brooks as well, and I really think that no matter where he goes, the Tigers are still going to be caught on the hook for some of that contract, but I think with Jackson Hastings coming in, that it would be a good move for the Tigers to move on and for Luke Brooks to get a new start, a fresh start, so it's going to be interesting to see how this progresses and how this goes on, I think for sure, uh, Mitchell Pierce is gone. I think for sure Mitchell Pierce goes up there. I think he goes to Catlins. And I think he has a great season with Catlins. But I'm really curious how this half shakes out for the Newcastle Knights and how that's going to affect the Tigers and other clubs that might come into play here. So, Shedheads, again, something to keep your eye on and something to help us, how should I say, pull each day along to get to the next one. Now, the Parramatta Eels kind of made a very unique move, too, this last week. They may have just signed Mitchell Moses' replacement in the, in the coming years with poaching a dragon. That's right, I said it. A, a, a dragon by the name of, I'm going to butcher this, Dentore Louis. And this kid is supposed to be a straight-up gun. He, he played for the Dragons in the jersey flag competition, yeah, in the jersey flag cup. And I think that this is a huge coup for the Parameda Eels. And again, I think it makes Dragons fans shake their head how they could lose a guy um, to a rival, a club that by every means they're going to have to play and they're going to have to see down the line. But that's a big move. And I think it's also a big move because it shows Mitchell Pierce that he, excuse me, Mitchell Moses, that he's on borrowed time there. And I think... You know, with Mitchell Moses coming down with his back injury last year in origin, I think a lot of people are kind of questioning the durability of Mitchell Moses. I, for one, am not one of those one of those people. I would love if Mitchell Moses, if he feels like he's out of place, would go back to the Tigers or go someplace else. But I think it's really, really strange this move has been made. Um, I think it definitely shores up the halves position for the Eels going forward, but again, it makes you look at, at, at St. George and, and makes you wonder what they're doing, and then it makes you look at Mitchell Pearson and go, you know, did he really sign to stay there for any length of period of time, and will we be hearing halfway through the season that he's looking elsewhere? So big move, and again, something that Eels fans can be happy about, Dragons fans can scratch their head at, and everyone else, all of the rest of us can sit and just watch it play out. Now we've got movement again. We know how we love certain players flying across the ocean, flying from that side to this side, mixing it up, going Super League to NRL, NRL to Super League, all of that. Well, we've got two, move, two players that have moved now from the NRL to the Super League. The first one is Billy Magulius. That's right. Billy Magulius is leaving the Shire and has signed a deal with The Wire. That's right, he is going to the Warrington Wolves, and he signed a one-year deal that's got a possibly 12-month extension on top of that, depending on how he plays, but I think, I think that's a big pickup for the Warrington Wolves. I think that gives him a little bit more strike, and getting a player like Billy Magulius that can play in multiple positions is something that all teams wish they had, and I think I think this will be a kickstart for Billy Magulius as well. I don't think he was used the way that he thought he was going to be used with the Sharks this last season. He just couldn't get on the field. And I think that this is going to be a breath of fresh air and a great new start for him. Now, in the other movement, Kane Evans, his new base of operations is for Hull FC. Now, we know that that's going to, again, give the black and whites a little more punch on their roster which I don't think anyone ever put into question about Hull FC having a little bit of punch. But Kane Evans has no problem throwing the hands. I also do remember Kane Evans also being the one who, when I was at the uh, the Auckland Nines, was also the one that was talking to Mrs. Sheddamas when she went up to take a picture. He was quite intrigued by Mrs. Shet So Kane Evans, still no hard feelings, but uh, it's good to get you across to the Super League. And I really do think you'll do well with the black and whites. Now staying in the Super League, we've got a player that was one of my favorite players probably about five or six years ago when he played with the Warriors, uh, Conrad Harrell, the guy that used to blow the kiss after every try. Well, Connie has been over in the Super League for a while now and he's just signed a one-year deal to go to the two-time champions, St. Helens Saints. It's a one-year deal for Connie. And he's already talking about helping lead the Saints to the three-peat. I don't know if that's been... Uh, I, I, you might want to look shed to see if that's been copyrighted. But the Connie Harrell, the Hurricane threepeat, three-peat might be a t-shirt all of us will be wearing in the near future. Now coming back over to Australia, we've got a... You love to see it when players go home, right? You love to see it when, when players, coaches, people get that call and they find their way back to their roots. And I don't think there's a story that says this more than the talk and the report that's coming out that Andrew Johns is about ready to sign on as a coach with the Newcastle Knights. What they're reporting is that he's going to be in, in, in control of the halves and help out in the attack for the Newcastle team. Now I don't know how that's going to affect possibly trying to kept, keep Mitchell Pierce from going over to southern France. But, or has, has, you know, there's been talk that, that Andrew Johns has said that that would be the greatest move in the world for, for Mitchell Pierce. So I don't think he's taking the job thinking that Mitchell Pierce is going to stay. I think he's just excited to get back and, and coach for the Newcastle Knights and get, give back to the club that gave him so much. So that's exciting. And I know you, you, you fans in the Hunter are going to be quite excited to see Andrew Johns come back and be a coach with the team that he loves so much. And finally, in the 40-20, Paul Mamorowski, the man, I call him the traveler. Because this is now going to be Paul Mamorowski's fifth team in five years. He just signed a three-year deal to come back home to the Chooks, where it all started. Mamorowski, three years, back for the Sydney Roosters. And I think that is a incredible signing for the Roosters. I think, you know, with losing the Morris brothers, uh, the depth that Momorovsky will add to that Chooks lineup and to that Chooks roster is again the reason the Chooks are gonna stay the Chooks and gonna contend for quite a while to come and why everyone else is everyone else. Now, as we transition from the 40-20 to on the mark, I've gotta admit, the AFL's let me down a little bit. Not a lot of stories. Guys are staying out of trouble. I can't report what's not there. So we're gonna try to talk about some 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 big stories that kind of came out or some Some cool stories that came out. One of them is Shane Mumford. Mummy is hanging up the boots after 13 seasons, and it's going to be strange not to see him going from having the Greg Brady afro to him looking like a pirate with an incredible mustache this year, with the scully up on top. Whatever you want to say, Mummy had a great career. 216 games played for the Cats. The Swans and the Giants. I always think that's really strange when a player goes from one rival to the other. But he did it and he pulled it off. And you have to admit, Mummy did not have a horrible postseason this year. But those big bodies like that, they could only go so long. And it looks like Mumford is finally ready to put the boots over the telephone wire. Uh, so congratulations on an incredible b- career to uh, Shane Mumford. And uh, good luck. You know, you know, he's probably going to work with Ruckman somewhere, but good luck in your future endeavors. Now, I have to say, there's one player, and no matter what code we're talking about, it has been their year. One player and one player only. And that player would be your Melbourne Demons captain, Max Gone. Max has got one minor premiership, one grand final championship, and now the thing he might be most proud of, he's now. Father gone. That's right, Max gone, and his lovely partner Jessica welcomed their first child, George Oliver Gone, to this world, and that is so cool. I, you know, I'm not a father. I, okay, I'm a father, but my son has a tail. But it's it's gotta be just. I, I I can't even think about the the emotion that the Gone family is going through right now. You know, with all the success that 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 he's had. And I think the joy he's probably brought home every night into now being able to, how should I say, break that last bottle of champagne on the bow of the boat for this excitement of bringing in this new child, uh, this new son to the family. Now, one of the the most interesting things about this story, after looking at photographs, it looks to me, and I don't know, shitheads, you might want to go do some research yourself. But it looks to me, hold on, I'm looking again. Yes, I'm going to say this. George Oliver Gunn has already adopted his father's haircut. It's incredible. They look, they have the exact I guess they go to the exact same barber, but it's the exact same haircut. So you gotta love it when it's like father, like son. But in all seriousness, congratulations to the Gone family and for the Clippers in the family. And finally, like I said, there just wasn't a lot for on the mark, but we're gonna keep it with an American down under. Big Mason ruckman for the collingwood magpies i've told you i've reported this story numerous amounts of times we don't know what what cox is going to do where he's going it looked like he was out of the pies he's back in with the pies he's out with the pies he's back in with the pies well it's official he's back excuse me in with the pies one-year deal that we'll see mason cox put on the prison bars for one more season uh and we'll go from there after that but congratulations uh, for, for Coxy again, being able to keep his dreams going down under, playing a game that 80% of America has no idea what's going on. Congratulations, Mason Cox, for keeping all of us American footy people proud. Now, outside the bubble, there's a few ways I could have gone with reporting some of the stories for outside the bubble this week, and, and I didn't know exactly where I was going to go. But I think I picked some of the big ones. And we'll start with the World Series. We'll start with the Braves versus the Cheat The Atlanta Braves versus the Houston Cheat Tied at one game apiece. Going back to the ATL. A game that's starting right now. A game that I have paused on my television set downstairs. Uh, I think you know who I'm going for. If you look at the map of who's going for what in the United States, there's a, a tiny little circle Over the city and the surrounding areas of Houston. And everyone else in the United States is going for the Atlanta Bravos. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, they did lose their starting ace with a crazy comebacker up the middle. Caught him on the ankle. Caught him on the the lower leg. And he later fractured that leg during a pitch. Uh, He's done for the season. So the Braves really need to win this game tonight. The Astros got hot the last game. Oh, I'm sorry. I say Astros. The Cheatstros got hot last game. So we'll have to see what that what happens there. But I think we've got a long series in front of us. I really, really do. Even though I thought I picked the Braves in five, uh, that is all going to be determined if they win tonight, if it's a five-game series or not. Staying with the little Pearl Ball, staying with Major League Baseball, you know me and my love for the Padres, the San Diego Swinging Friars. We also know that we fired the manager for the Friars uh, after two seasons. And it was up in the air. Ozzie Guillen allegedly uh, interviewed for the job. A lot of people didn't know if they were going to stay in-house, go out of house. And then news broke yesterday that Oakland A's skipper Bob Melvin has accepted a three-year deal to coach your swinging Friars. Now, I instantly had to get on my phone. I've got a really good friend of mine who is a A's fanatic. I think he still sleeps at night with his Hulk fist gloves. I don't know if he's put those down. Let me put it this way. If he doesn't wear them in the bed still, they're sitting right next to the bed, next to him. But he is a huge, huge, huge A's fan. And he said something that was really funny. He told me uh, as we were going back and forth, that this is what the A's do. They give you some scraps. They tell you to eat a healthy off of those scraps they give you. And then all of a sudden they stop even feeding you scraps and put you on an all-liquid diet and say to maintain that same type of body mass and chemistry. The A's, it's crazy to think how, how tight and how dangerous of a team they were back in the 80s to what they are now, like a shell of themselves. Uh, and losing a skipper like Bob Melvin has got to be crushing to so many of those guys inside that locker room. And I know the A's a little bit underachieved this year. I know the Padres underachieved quite a bit this year. But it seems like one of those two teams is still pushing and pushing and pushing to try to win, while the other one is trying to, it seems, to to throw water out of the boat as quickly as possible because they don't know if they're sinking or not. But they're going to do something later on anyway by putting the it, a hole in their own boat from just being them. but crazy, crazy story. and um, definitely happy for the friars, but day, I'm sorry, my friend, uh, I'm sorry for taking your manager. Uh, but I still like those hulk fists. And finally, we're gonna you know, we know that the pastime of pastimes in America is American football, gridiron for all my family down under. And it looks like Cleveland Browns starting quarterback Baker Mayfield is going to get the start for Week 8 for the Browns over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their hated rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I I have to admit, I am fascinated by this. Mayfield is walking around with a torn labrum and a shoulder fracture. And last time I checked, the Steelers will be coming headhunting. They will be coming headhunting. So my advice... For the Browns, Baker Mayfield is very simple. That's run the ball right, run the ball left, run the ball up the middle. And let's do that about 30 to 40 times and hope for the best. Because Baker Mayfield is probably one solid, solid hit and one bad landing away from it being his season. And I think that's a very, very dangerous gamble they're doing. I know Mayfield does not want to sit on the sidelines anymore. I don't think he wants to let Case Keenum get in there and continue to shine. Uh, like he did get get more reps get more comfortable because you know Baker Mayfield's fought hard for everything that he's had and gotten so I don't think that he is going to be that willing to let anybody get their foot in the door to possibly take his job it's going to be a fascinating game to watch Uh, if you're a Browns fan I'd hold your breath for about three hours and 23 minutes if you're not a Browns fan all of us can just sit back and Pour back a beverage and watch to see if Mayfield can stay standing straight up for the whole game. That being said, shedheads, I told you we are in the off season of outside the sheds. I'm I promised you I'm gonna report. I'm gonna give you all the good stories that are out there during these time periods. But you just don't get me for that long. And I hope you can understand. There's so much love here from your shed Adamas, but I can only give you what I what they give me. So. That being said, be looking forward to next week with some of the craziness that starts on November 1st for some of the free agency period coming up for uh, the NRL. Um, but until that time, Heads, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. We'll be seeing you next week's episode of Outside the Sheds. Can't wait to talk to you. Have a great week. See ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.